Let's take our Bibles tonight. We're going to turn to Psalms 119 again. You might be thinking we're never going to get done with this chapter. We will one of these days, I'm sure, maybe. Psalm 119 is where we've been on Wednesday evenings, kind of working our way section by section uh, through this chapter in the Bible. If you haven't uh, been here, maybe you've just forgotten, this is the Word of God chapter in the Bible. The psalmist is writing uh, most of this in a prayer uh, to the Lord about uh, his life and and how the Word of God uh, is an integral part of his life and how it's changed him and, and, and even how it's continuing to work in his life. And, and we've been looking at some different aspects of the life of a Christian in relation to the Word of God. But tonight we're going to begin in verse number 73 and we'll read verses 73 through 80. And so if you're there in Psalm 119, if you would stand for the reading of the scripture tonight, I'd encourage you to do that. I want you to notice that it says here in verse 73, Thy hands, this is the psalmist speaking to the Lord, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in, thy faith, in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. I want to preach to you tonight on the subject of living for God's glory. Living for God's glory. Let's have a word of prayer as we begin tonight. Our Father, as has already been mentioned, Lord, we need you tonight, even in the message. I need you, Father, to help me to yield and submit my will to yours. Even as I preach, Lord, help me to say the things that you know need to be said here tonight. Restrain from me the things that I might intend to say that you don't want said tonight. Just take control of the service, the message, and Lord, use it, I pray, to impact our lives. Help us to examine ourselves in light of your word and with the help of your Holy Spirit. And then, Lord, give us the ability and the, the humility to submit ourselves to your word and allow you to do the, your work in us. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice a statement that's made at the beginning of this section by the psalmist. As he says, uh, verse 73, the very first phrase that he says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Now you might think that it's strange. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get, I get a little bit tickled when I see someone praying to God and stating something that's very obvious. I mean, uh, isn't it clear that God understands and knows that he's created us and fashioned us with his hands? Obviously, he knows that. And yet the psalmist here is, is making this statement 
based upon the following request that he's going to make. In other words, we could say it this way. Since thy hands have made me and fashioned me, give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. What this really is, is it's an acknowledgement of God's authority in his life. Why is that an acknowledgement of God's authority in his life? Because since God is your creator and my creator, we then are subject to his authority. I want to say that again. Since God is our creator, we are subject to his authority. And the request that the psalmist here is making is because, Lord, your hands have made me and fashioned me, give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Help me, Lord, to know how to do your will because that is my purpose and my duty. I think that ought to be the heart of every Christian. God, my life belongs to you, and therefore would you help me to know how to live it in a way that would be pleasing to you. The fact that God is our creator really requires of us that we would submit ourselves to him. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 uh, that the Lord hath made all things for himself. Did you know that God made you for him? He made you for him. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. You were created for God's glory, and so was I. Revelation chapter 4 tells us the same thing in verse 11. It says, uh, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory. It goes on about these things. It says, For, for thou hast created all things... And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Did you know that you were created for God's glory and his pleasure? You know, the average person tends to look at God as though he exists for our pleasure and for our good. God exists to meet my needs. God exists to make me happy. God exists to fulfill my hopes and my dreams. But we get it all backwards. We weren't created to be happy. Did you know that? That doesn't sound very, like, probably it's not going to get a bunch of hits on YouTube if I, if I put that clip out there. We weren't created to be happy. We weren't created to be fulfilled. Now, we want those things in our lives. But that's not the primary purpose for which we were created. We were created to bring glory to God with our life. Now, let me help you understand something. Because that is our created purpose... When our life brings glory to God, you know what we find? Happiness and fulfillment. It, it's not that that comes to us uh, when all of our desires are fulfilled. It's that when we find God's will for our life and do it, we find contentment and peace and joy and happiness in that which God created us to be. But let us never be confused that our life doesn't exist for us. I wasn't created for me. And just so that I could have a life that satisfied me or blessed me, I was created that my life would be a reflection of the goodness and kindness of God, that my life would shine forth to a dark and dying world the goodness and glory of God. Uh, that is why I've been created, that I would bring happiness and, and pleasure to Him. And in so doing, I find true joy in my life. 
And so the, the psalmist here acknowledges then God's authority in his life. And, and by the way, let me just say this. Everyone who is created is subject to God's authority. Every person who is alive today is subject to God's authority. Now most people don't want to submit to that authority. Most people have rebelled against it. But it, it, it is nonetheless true. Every one of us is subject to God's authority. However, if you are a child of God, if you have been saved, you are doubly responsible to him. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that we are bought with a price. Therefore, we are to glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. Because we have been bought with a price. Because he has purchased us. Not only did he create us, but he also redeemed us by his own blood. And two times God owns us. Isn't that, isn't that encouraging to know? Therefore, for me to go about my life living just to fulfill whatever I think is right or best for me is really robbing God of what is rightfully his. My life isn't mine, it is his. And the psalmist here acknowledges that. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. This brings us to his desire. His desire is because God is the authority in my life, I want to do what God wants me to do. He, he, he makes this prayer, give me understanding. I wonder how frequently we ask that of God. Give me understanding. Not just give me understanding to know how to get out of this difficulty or this problem. Not just give me wisdom to accomplish this or that. But give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Uh, Lord, give me insight into your will and purpose for me. That really ought to be your prayer every single day. Lord, help me to know what you want me to do. Help me to know what decisions that you would have me to make. When we come to the house of the Lord, when we come to church, I think it's important that that would be our prayer. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Uh, Lord, don't, don't allow me to leave here the same way that I came. Open my understanding. Give me insight and reveal some things to me about your will and purpose in my life that I may be more successful in accomplishing your will. Psalm 40 in verse number 8, the Bible says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I, I delight to do the will of God. Can you say that? My greatest joy is doing what God wants me to do. If that is your desire, you ought to pray that. Lord, give me understanding. And then I want you to look at verse number 74. Because he makes a statement about others and how others perceive him in life. He says, they that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Uh, other of God's people will rejoice when they look at my life. Why? Because I have hoped in thy word. What a statement that is. I have built my life around the word of God and others who know and love the Lord and fear the Lord, when they see what God is doing in my life, they are going to rejoice. Do you know that that ought to be the heart of, of Christians, that we desire to see other people submitting themselves to the will of God? It should be our prayer, it should be our delight when we see people growing in the Lord and submitting to Him and fearing Him and hoping in His word as it says here. 
Go with me, if you would, to the book of Philippians, chapter 1. Philippians 1, and these words come from the Apostle Paul as he's writing to the church at Philippi of really his, how, how much he is uh, rejoicing in God's working in their life. Philippians chapter 1, and uh, we'll pick it up in verse number 3. Paul says here, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, insomuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, or till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ or Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. What's he saying? I want you to know that every time I think about you and every time I pray for you, I am rejoicing and thanking God for the work that He's done in your life. And for the relationship, the fellowship that we have as a result of that. And now I am praying and trusting that God is going to continue that work in your life. That you are going to abound more and more in love. And you're going to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. I'm just trusting God to do this in your life. This is my joy. This is my excitement. Folks, that ought to be our desire for every other person that knows the Lord. As we look at people, and, and, and I'm thinking specifically in context of our church,